Welcome to Season 2 of Diversity Dialogue, Cub Edition Podcast, brought to you by the Office of Diversity and Inclusion at the University of Detroit Jesuit High School and Academy. I'm Dr. Denise Williams-Mallet, the Director of the Office of Diversity and Inclusion and Diversity Union Club Moderator. The Office of Diversity and Inclusion is so proud to offer programs that will help harness the ideas and voices of our young men to champion change. This podcast is designed to give voice to a generation that wants to transform the world. The student-led podcast offers a platform for fresh ideas, collaborations, and dialogue. Each episode will be hosted by the show's host, Diversity Union President, Jacob Manastra, Class of 2022. Jacob will give the leaders of our student organizations, our students, parents, and alumni an opportunity to address, explore, and voice their perspective on today's diversity, inclusion, and belonging topics during the podcast. I am so proud and excited to present to you the host of Diversity Dialogue, Cub Edition, University of Detroit Jesuits' very own Jacob Manastra. Good afternoon, Mrs. Bullard. Happy to have you on the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you, Jacob. Yep. So I've had you as my pre-cal teacher last year, yeah. so I know what you do here. But for those those of us who don't really know you that well, I'm just giving you a bit of info about... Yeah. Um, this is my fourth year at U of D. I like to call it my senior year. I call it my senior year because I started with uh, I started teaching freshmen and I had a freshman homeroom yeah. and it's been kind of fun because I've slowly moved up with my students and um, it's been really nice. I've been able to teach a few kids two if not three times. Um, so this is my fourth year. I teach math. This year I'm currently teaching pre-calc, um, algebra two, and honors pre-calc, which is a new um, a new prep for me, and I'm loving it. Mr. Kind of, Burita taught that, right? Yeah. So after Mr. Burita retired, Miss um, Line Weber and I are kind of co-planning and co-teaching it. So it's a great great class. Um, before teaching at U of D, I um, taught for years in Rochester Public Schools, and this is actually my the start of my 18th year of teaching. So. Um, it's great. I, I love my job. I'm very happy um, to be an educator. Yeah, you're my favorite teacher. So yes, <laughs> I can kind of tell you like what you do. I appreciate that. Yeah, Mr. Manuel is not the most passionate <laughs> at times. Um, so I guess you've got high expectations. So <laughs> very high expectations. Yeah, you can say that. Um, so just gonna start off here with a bit of just like your opening thoughts on diversity and inclusion, just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you of the obviously very unique for most other schools, you know, it's the location, the makeup, the different experiences that the faculty have. Mm-hmm. So I guess in particular to you, does anything stand out to you that's unique to you of the internal? Oh, absolutely. Um, the fact that we even have an Office of Diversity and Inclusion, that's I mean, we're like, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of most schools. Um, the fact that our professional development as teachers, you know, when you guys have those day offs or you guys have those late starts and get to sleep in, yeah. Um, we're having professional development, and the Office of Diversity and Inclusion is really spearheading um, a lot of our, our training. 
Um, so it's just really nice to be able to take time and reflect on it, um, to have knowledgeable people like Dr. Mallet, um, you know, uh, be able to bounce ideas off, be able to come to with concerns. Um, it's, it's, it's wonderful that we have this office and um, that people are starting to tap in and, and realize what a great resource it is. So yeah, I think it's very different than most schools. I don't think that most schools at the secondary level, ha you know, at the high school level have anything like that. And I think you're getting into that, that type of thing at the college level. Yeah, definitely. So you talked about the developing and, you know, when we have those days off, you guys have those days where you work on a variety of things. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that stood out to you doing those things? Um, well, last year we did some bias training, and I mean, I think everybody, uh, when you, I would say I'm not a, I'm not biased. You know, I grade all my students equally. I, I, I am an unbiased person. I don't, right. you know, um, people will say, oh, I don't see color. I don't, you know. And we did this really great bias training, and it was kind of one of those um, like reaction things. We would see people's faces, we would see people's names, and you'd have to really instantly um, click on, you know, whether it was a good or bad or, or the feelings you received. And it was long. I mean, we probably went through 200 different faces type of thing. Wow. And it was really eye-opening to see um, the report that came back. And it was, I mean, it was, a, I don't remember the exact school, but it was a Harvard or Stanford right. or, or some legitimate universities, yeah. um, you know, strongly vetted uh, test. And it was interesting. And I remember it being in the teacher's lounge and um, talking to some teachers about their results um, and people saying, you know, it was eye-opening that, you know, maybe I do have a slight bias towards this, that it's those bias that uh, we don't even know we have, you know. Right. Um, so that was one of the things we worked on last year. Um, and Dr. Mallet uh, had some other groups come in that that was their specialty to kind yeah. of train us on on some things that we might have that we don't even know about, right. you know, that affects our teaching, that yeah. affects maybe who we're calling on, that affects maybe um, how we're grading, all that sort of thing. Yeah, those unconscious biases. Exactly, yeah. extremely unconscious that, yeah. you know, if you were to ask me, I'd never say, but when you get this report back, um, I just remember a few teachers really were surprised at their results. Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah, I think a lot of people do because, of course, it's unconscious, so you don't know it until it's really shown out in the open. Exactly. So, from that, was there anything that you changed afterwards? You know, um, I think just making it aware. Um, it's not something that I would say was brought to the forefront every day, right. but it is something of, you know, I start off doing um, my seating charts alphabetically. But then, I mean, even something like that, like a kid with a name that starts with an A is always at the front, which sometimes is that dis as it is an advantage, you know, where if your name starts with a W or you're at the end, you people forget about you or you don't get uh, included. So just little things like that, they brought it to my attention. So I think when I'm grading something or when I'm writing, you know, it happens with when I'm writing story problems, yeah. where I'm just really making sure that the scenario I'm setting up is an equal opportunity people can enter the problem no matter what their background. I'm not throwing in a scenario where somebody with a privileged background or somebody that doesn't know this certain concept wouldn't understand the, the math yeah. problem. That's you know, because I'm trying to test the math problem. Right. I'm not trying to test the, the words that I'm using to set up the math problem. Yeah, that's fascinating because things you would never think like would affect such a 
a different scenario, like something like, you know, race affecting math, and yet, yet yeah. somehow it does in, in its own way. Yeah. So, moving on, I guess, from that, as a, you're not only a uh, teacher here, but you're also now a parent of a student who goes mm-hmm. here. Yeah. My seventh grader, Henry, he's an academyite. Um, yeah. He's loving life. Yeah. He's doing great. And um, it's really, really wonderful to be, um, very few parents get the opportunity to be at work, their place of employment, and see their kid on a daily yeah. basis. So it's very cool. Um, I don't see him that much because the academy is kind of, you know, onto itself. He doesn't really see, but at least once a day I see him passing by and it just like, you know, makes me, I, I wave through my fishbowl of a classroom, yeah. um, and he sometimes pretends like he doesn't know me, and other times he gives me the nod, yeah. so um, the nod. It's, it's been really wonderful, though, um, and has really reinforced the fact that I wanted to send my student, you know, my son here, and um, reinforced the fact that I'm at the right place. I'm yeah. exactly where I should be, and he's exactly where he should be. Yeah. Um, so he, I, I was a little nervous, because it's always... You know, we basically said, I won't embarrass you if you don't want to embarrass me type of thing. <laughs> right. And he has a really strong foundation. He, um, you know, went to Catholic uh, elementary school and went to Shrine. And I knew they did a good job, but I've been really impressed with um, how he has just really adapted here and really flourished. And it's really those seven years, you know, kindergarten through sixth grade um, at his Catholic elementary that really has reinforced um, just his mannerisms, his um, study skills, his communication with people. Um, They did a really good job and I can see it just in how he holds himself in the hallway. Um, That first report card, you know, the first progress report, I was very impressed Um, because that transition is sometimes big for students and that's, you know, um, but he's been really, He's doing an awesome job. Glad to hear yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So you talked about those foundational skills, and I think like with kids at a young age, you can't just come out with diversity and inclusion. What does that mean to you? It's got to be like yeah. a bit like broken down a bit, but also approached differently. So like as a parent, as you saw your, uh, as you saw him develop through those ages, what did what do you think diversity and inclusion meant to him during those times, and how do you think, you know, he has a strong foundation in that? You know, I don't think he has a strong foundation. I think that that was probably a reason that um, U of D was like on a high priority list of ours. Um, as, as much as we loved his elementary school, he pretty much was um, with everybody that was very similar, similar to him, um, which is not like the best, you know, slice of life, real life. Right. Um, and so u of d it, it's awesome he comes home and he tells me i met this kid and i met this kid and you know he lives here he lives there um so i, I think u of d is probably a eye-opener and a, a more realistic you know piece of the real world um we live close to here but we still you know it, it's very different and so to send him to school in detroit um was a definite planned thought right. um and I, I think it'll be very beneficial for him in the long run. I think it'll be very beneficial when he's friends and teammates and, you know, lab partners and that sort of thing with, 
with very different kids that come from very different backgrounds but are going through the whole Jesuit experience with him. Yeah, without a doubt, especially, so, yeah. especially during those younger years because the older you get, the harder it is to, you know, to learn new things. So. Exactly. Yeah, so, so I guess going from that a bit, mm-hmm. um, you talked about him, what was I going to say? Uh, so, as, so now you're a student, I mean, you're a parent of a student here, you're also a teacher. So I guess when you were a teacher, you obviously looked at the school a certain way mm-hmm. and you perceived it a certain way, but as a, now as a parent, has that changed at all? Um, you know, I, I, yes and no. I am um, really proud of like our math department. Um, <laughs> Mrs. Batiste is doing an awesome job. I mean, obviously I have a partiality to a math department, yeah. but um, I really, He's thriving in her class, and the stuff he brings home and the question he asks are um, are amazing. And so I just, it's nice to have, to be able to see kind of coworkers through different eyes. Yeah. Um, just based on like what the quality and level of work that my students bringing home. Um, also, I, I love, um, I, I love some of the teachers that are making them work. You yeah. know. Um, at the academy level, I think sometimes they're allowed, you know, some retakes or things like that. Right. And he, he got hit with a social studies um, quiz that he, he did not do well on. Yeah. And I loved the in, the, in the mudge and the response, it was, you had three days to do this, you should have studied, you know, that sort of thing <laughs> from the teacher. And it was good because it was eye-opening for both of us because I went on and said, you better get your butt in gear right. and restudy this and you have to go and advocate for yourself and tell this teacher that you want to retake it. So it was kind of a learning experience for all of us. Um, I got to see how the academy operates and the level of work that they're expecting. Yeah. He got to, you know, realize that he needs to put in the effort after that first quiz and he did poorly and he did. He retook it and, you know, advocated for himself and went and, and redid it um, and they replaced the score. Um, so those sort of things, it's just nice to be able to see your coworkers and see the level because I, I, I put a lot of work into my, I take pride in my work, right. and I know everybody else does because I see everybody else, but it, when to actually see the, the quality of, of things that my student is bringing home, you know, my son is bringing home some really great things and very thoughtful things and all different sorts of things, um, you know, projects, outlines, um, demonstrating his learning on very different levels, you know, making him upload things, making him turn hard copies in, all different. Every teacher has their different preferences, yeah. um, and no two teachers are alike. And so I think that that's just going to really help him be adaptable, right. succeed in high school, and, and succeed when he heads off to college as well. Yeah, because diversity is like now experience, I think, is one of the most important aspects of diversity because so, you learn so many different things. I mean, if you do the same thing every time, you can only learn so much from that. Exactly. So the more varying experiences you have, you know, the more you're going to learn. Um, also, you brought an interesting point about, you know, the scores and bringing him, thing, bring projects home and, like, seeing, like, your co-workers hard work in a different light. You mm-hmm. know, you, you can see what they do, but sometimes a lot of people be like, how good a teacher are is, like, a product of how good, like, your students are. Mm-hmm. Now, that might not be completely true. There's definitely some aspect and to see both of those it's really, really cool that I, I think that not many people have the chance to see. Right. But right. I guess in some way, I guess some people should see it more often. You know, it's different perspectives. It is nice. Yeah. So 
I guess my next question would be, is still within the mathematical department, um, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about this a bit earlier about how diversity and inclusion plays a big role everywhere, but in mathematics it might be a bit more obscure because it do- might not necessarily directly involve all that. Yeah, so. I think sometimes like I'm not picking authors like in English where I can pick authors that represent, you know, the student body or something uh, yeah. like that. Um, you know, we had Dr. Mallet, we, we were doing some hiring um, and I was on a committee and stuff and we had Dr. Mallet come in and talk to the committee, the hiring committee, about unconscious bias yeah. and um, it was just really nice because she gave us some statistics. She gave us some, some statistics of this is what our student body population looks like and I mean any time a student can see somebody that looks like them or you know has the same background as them I think it's it's a it's a win-win situation Um, and so that is something that you know we have got some retirements we had some retirements we got some retirements um, that as a math department um, you know to to do that and and when we're hiring and through our hiring process of having you know um, uh, somebody from the Office of Diversity come and talk to us so that our hiring, we're hiring people that represent our students. Right. Um, right. The nice thing is when we had some um, changes with the administration, um, you know, our, we have two African American, uh, Darren Flowers and Kyle Chandler, in administration roles yeah. and so I think that that is really you know students can see that these roles of authority yeah. um, you know quite a few of our higher-up roles are filled with minorities um, and I think the math department you know it's it's gonna it's slow because it takes some retirements and stuff yeah. but keeping those unconscious bias and having somebody talk to us before we start our hiring process I think was very beneficial you know so that to see somebody as in a math position yeah. um, and to be able to teach because then they can see. I've got two students right now that are currently um, wanting to become math teachers. Right. One is a really strong math student and one's a really weak math student. Yeah. And I say weak, has an A, but really, 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 you know, the foundation skills aren't there and so he just, I mean, he earns that A with all his heart. Right. And. during parent-teacher conferences we had a talk with his mom and his mom said I'm really nervous about he wants to become a math teacher and I said no sometimes those are the best math teachers yeah because they know all the pitfalls they know they really earned that a it didn't come easy to them they really had to work through the process those are some of the best math teachers those kids that struggle so anytime that somebody can see themselves reflected in their teachers I really think that they it's it's win-win no matter what the subject is right. the math department like I said it's a little bit harder to include some diversity in it yeah um, you know I, I don't have the opportunity to talk about history or talk about different authors right. or something right. but you know giving them scenarios like if in statistics or when I you know giving scenarios or setting up my story problems that have a little bit of diversity then I'm not just I mean this is super basic but I'm not just including Tom and Joe and my names, and right. I'm not I'm just concluding really basic scenarios. I can yeah. I can maybe make them a little bit more diverse. Yeah, definitely. I remember when I was in your class, you had a lot of note packets that we were going through. Right. And we, well, you'd also do a few other things. So I guess just gonna go off and tangent a bit. 
learning styles, how do you try to diversify that? Because that's obviously a big thing in math. Yeah, you know, um, fortunately this year is we're a little bit back to normal. Yeah. Um, and so I have been able to bring in some, um, some of my like strong things from my you know, teacher toolbox. And uh, Mrs. Lineweber and I are doing a lot of co-planning. We, we, we actually teach all three of our classes together. Right. We both teach Algebra two. we both teach Pre-Calc, and we both teach Honors Pre-Calc. And I would say it's kind of her specialty. So my personal um, professional development goal is to work on those activities yeah. and include at least one to two activities a week. And um, you know, so far, so good. I've been able to have um, kids do what I call like solve a room, setting up stations right. in my classroom and have them go around in pairs. Um, I've been having them do, uh, it's called a move it, where they are in rows and they keep passing a problem. You know, everybody does one step and they keep passing it. Yeah. Um, really, we played bingo today in class. Um, and it's just, I'm trying to, in math, you can't really get away from that. Like, I'm going to lecture and you're going to learn. Right. But to incorporate other things, I feel like I'm doing a really good job. And that's one of my personal goals this year, just to increase it of doing the movement, doing the activities to hit all those different learning styles. I couldn't do it as much last year because yeah. I had those hybrid kids, so I kind of was a little bit more tied to my desk. Right. Um, but it, it, you know, I think we made the best of it. Um, but this year I'm having a lot more fun doing some planning, and I think the kids are having a lot more fun. Yeah. Um, my honors pre-calc students, um, I, I've had some really positive feedback from them because yeah. They're my high-performing students, and they haven't really gotten to play in math as much. I and mean, right. we've gotten to play, and, and so they're really enjoying it. There, there's some hard-level, you know, activities I've been doing, but they've gotten to play a little bit more. So, and I always offer rewards. So I'll bring in Skittles or bring in something <laughs> yeah. for the person that gets yeah. bingo or something. Yeah. So that helps. You can bribe kids with candy, and yes, it works. You can. Yeah. <laughs> Any learning style that works for. Oh yeah. No, definitely wish my college teacher took, you know, <laughs> not a lot of fun aspects of math when you get to the calc and that yeah, stuff. Yeah, high level. Very high level stuff. Um, what was my next question going to be? Uh, so you talk a lot about, nowadays you talk a lot about diversity in the student body and how that mm -hmm. affects the students. We don't talk that much about, as you brought up, uh, diversity in the teacher body and how that you know, affects mm -hmm. and influences other teachers. Was there any way that, you know, diversity or lack thereof in the faculty has affected you or stood out to you? No, it hasn't really affected me, I wouldn't say. But I, like I said, I think that any time a student can see themselves reflected in their teachers, I think it's, it's a win-win. And so um, having this Office of Diversity and Inclusion is a huge, I mean, like I said before, we're, we're just way ahead of everybody, including the office on every hiring committee, including the office, just having them talk before a committee meets, I just think can get through that unconscious bias, can get through, you know, just knowing what our statistics are, what the breakdown of our racial um, breakdown is, what our socioeconomic breakdown is, um, what our, uh, you know, jug, our discipline breakdown is, yeah. um, how things are, you know, sometimes disproportionate. Um, so just bringing those things up before we're hiring is, is really huge because I think it just helps us 
kind of have that in the back of our minds while we're going through that hiring process. That we're, we're, we're taking our unconscious bias and, and what school they went to or where they grew up and, and throwing that out and looking at you know, their performance and, and looking at those resumes. Um, because, like I said, anytime a kid can have their, um, you know, see themselves reflected in a teacher. And, and our, our population of teachers is not the same breakdown as our population of students. Right. It's not. Um, and it's hard to do, to match that, you know. Um, if you look at our, our math department, um, you know, some of the newer hires have been more diverse, but it, it's hard. And the teaching shortage... We would love to be more diverse, but sometimes, I mean, there's a major teacher shortage. So we're getting, you know, 10 resumes where a few years ago we were getting 100 resumes for our position. Right. So um, I think people have left the field. And so it's just, it's hard to find teachers right now. Yeah. So it's hard to be as representative of our population as we would like to be, you know, just because the people aren't there. So just one quick question: Why yeah. do you think there are people leaving? Because I don't know much about. You know, I mean, there's there's several things. Um, uh, I think it's been. I mean, this is a little bit of a political rant, but coming from a a, a political a, a public school as a, a teacher of a, a union a union member, um, I think for many years teachers were very respected, and I think that we were paid accordingly in the sense of um, you know we're a very educated workforce almost every teacher I know has their masters right. in order to keep your license up to date it's kind of a necessary um, thing you have to do so many continuing education hours so most of us have our masters and I think they slowly started taking away they started taking away some of the benefits the delayed gratification um, they're gonna pay us a little bit now but you have a pension for when you retire and they started taking those things away and if you look at our our educated level in terms of masters and our pay level, it's a huge disconnect from kind of the business world, right. from, from everybody else. So um, they started doing that, and I think that the respect of the teachers um, started leaving. So in our schools, the, the colleges weren't really pushing it. Um, it's very rare that I, you know, some of my students, like I said, I have two students that are looking to be teachers. That's very rare nowadays that I have teachers, students come to me and say they want to be a teacher. Oh, yeah. um, and it used to be, you know, 15 years ago, I had tons of kids coming. And I was telling them this program and this program and this is where you should go and you can come back and student teach with me, right. you know. Right. Um, so it's, it's very different. Um, yeah, I, I just think that, you know, the pay is not probably there and the respect is a little bit gone. Now, I have great respect. My, my, my parents here, the parents of my kids, uh, you know, I've got great, I had actually had a lot of fun during parent-teacher conferences. Yeah. I had tons of parents. I actually got to have really kind of fun five-minute conversations because a lot of my senior parents, I know them very well because right. I've had their kids yeah um, several times and so I had a few parents just hey wanted to check in and see you and you know thank you for writing my recommendation letter for my son or whatever yeah. um, so I have a lot of that so I I do feel respected I just I don't know if I was a, a college student right now if education would seem extremely desirable right you know it's yeah. I think 
educators, unions and different things probably need to do a, a huge marketing campaign to, to get some people because the numbers, it's kind of scary, the numbers that we're graduating from Michigan State and Eastern Michigan and Oakland University, some of our big Michigan teacher colleges. Yeah. Um, I mean, like exponential decay. It is it is dropping off hugely. Oh, wow. um, the the uh, the number of teachers that are graduating from those programs. Did not know that. That's yeah. news to me. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. Jeez. Yeah. So I guess there's not really that much unconscious bias when it comes to that. It's just straight up, you know. Yeah, so. I do. I think. I think it's. Yeah, I think it's. People. It's. It's. It's a conscious effort that they're not going into it because, yeah. you know, I just think that. It, you could make more money, like especially a math teacher. There's a lot of math teachers at the high school level that you know could be engineers. They right. could be some, and they could be probably a lot less hassle and making a lot more money. Yeah. You know, but hard work. You have to get to all the calculus and all the engineering. So right. that's not an easy. But some of the, those people that could teach calc, yeah, those, that's a kind of an engineering background, and so you could probably be making some more money elsewhere. Right. Yeah. And is that just math, or is that like... No, I would say almost all teachers, I, I don't know the statistics, but um, we, you know, as a staff, one day we were down in the teacher's lounge and we were looking, and it is, the numbers are staggering as how, how much they've dropped off in, you know, the 20 years um, since I graduated, so... Wow. So, yeah. So is that, like, still in the classroom, should we start pushing teaching more? Um, you know, there are some schools that are doing that. They're trying to have, um, you know, it's a little bit different with our school because we're not a home community school. We're not in the neighborhood. Right. We're not co-ed. Um, but I think because of that, some of the schools are trying to do, kind of bring back that, um, you guys do it a little bit, some of our senior service where we were putting kids in elementary schools and having them work with yeah. kids, you know. But I think there there's some organized um, programs happening at other schools, and it's really to push that teacher. Um, you know, Oakland University is working with Rochester Public Schools. Oakland University has a, has a really great teacher program. They have a really good student teacher program. Yeah. And they're working with Rochester Public Schools to kind of do a pre-teaching academy in the very similar to what you guys do with senior service for some of our elementary schools, they're putting high schoolers in the elementary schools right. as kind of a pre-service that they can kind of get some, you know, hours in before they start a teaching program at right. Oakland University. And that's just what it's going to take. It's going to take, you know, a turnaround. Um, I think we got some hype during uh, our initial shutdown. We had a lot of parents say, oh my gosh, you guys are so great. I don't know how you do this. I'm struggling with my two kids at my dining room table, yeah. and you have a classroom of 25 or 30. Yeah. You know, so I think we, we, we got our glory, and people <laughs> were very um, appreciative of what we do and yeah. said, you know, you work really hard, but then it just kind of faded away again. So yeah. uh, we need to start a marketing campaign, I guess, for teachers <laughs> to have it be, you know, a viable career option again. I guess so. Yeah. We'll see. It's been a great interview. Um, it's been a great interview. Thank you, Jacob. It up. Thank you for coming on here. Uh, Perfect. Yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah.